Hi, this is the podcast channel of Lighthouse Church in Ottawa, Canada. We are a family. We don't do life alone. We are about the one, each and every one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Our hope and prayer is always for life change. Here is today's message. Be blessed as you listen. Good morning, church. My name is Toby. I have the privilege and the opportunity to be sharing the word today. Winning where others have not. Winning where others have not. I'll go straight into the main text and then I will, I will start. Hebrews 10. Please, I want to encourage you, if you can follow the scriptures, that will be helpful. Choose your best or your favorite translations. Uh, Hebrews 10, 23 to 26. I'm reading Amplified says, let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word. And let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another in love and to do good deeds. 25, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as it is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. Our second text, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 14, 14 says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow and become in every aspect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Amen. So today, when I say winning where others have not, I want to talk about the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. So when I say others, I am included in the others. If you are in that others, you will know. But I've said I haven't called it winning where others are filled because we can still win. Praise the Lord. So two weeks ago, Pastor talked about coming back in person. And he called it a family meeting, right? So um, I'm not going to dwell on that too much. I may touch on it. Uh, but he emphasized the fact about fellowshipping with other believers. And he said, if you are abroad or away from Ottawa, ensure that you're part of a local church. On Friday for prevailing prayers and also last Friday for winds of change, there was an emphasis praying for the body of Christ. Uh, Miles Monroe said something, late Miles Monroe, he said, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. I know a lot of people have heard that quote. So I really want to talk about the church and I pray to God that all that God has in mind for you today, you will get in Jesus' name. So who is the church? So this is the structure, by the way, so you know where we're going. We'll talk a bit of like teaching, talk about the church, and then I will emphasize on what the Holy Spirit laid on my mind on areas where others might not have one that we can be proactive about in Jesus' name. So... When I say the church, I'm talking about all those who are saved. That is the makeup of the church. I want to pause there so that it can sink in. Everyone that has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior is a member 
of the church. So drop your, drop your discriminatory practices, praise God. If somebody is saved, they are a member of the church. That is what the Bible tells us. Uh, in John 3.16, it's a common verse we all know. It says, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. If somebody carries John 3.16 so and believes in their heart that Jesus died for them, they are a member of the church. Regardless of your opinion about them, regardless of your opinion about them, they are a member of the church. Now, when I say church, I'm only talking about this definition I've just given. I know that some people put church and they are not the church. I know that in the name of the church, and I'm very sensitive to it, in the name of the church, people have done a lot of damage. I'm also conscious of that, but there has to be a way to talk about who the church is, what the church is for, understanding that those things exist, but at the same time speaking to believers about the church and what our perspectives should be about the church. So I want to emphasize that I am sensitive to the fact that those things exist, and we may touch on some of those parts. Uh, the church is the body of Christ. When we pray for the body of Christ, we're praying for the church. And, the, and Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Ephesians 1, 22 to 23 talks about the fact that God placed all things under his feet and appointed him head over everything for the church. So if you call yourself a church, either as an individual or a church like we are, uh, Jesus is the head. Let somebody shout hallelujah. The body of Christ, again, is made up of believers. And if you think about it, the church did not exist in the Old Testament. The church is a, is a New Testament re reality. The, the beginning of the church started from when believers uh, received the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, when Paul talked about it, he said that it was a mystery. It was a difficult concept to understand in the Old Testament that somebody like myself, who is uh, African of origin, uh, who maybe my great-great-great-grandfathers were doing something else, let's just put it that way, uh, would, would have... Uh, a descendant that would say, "I am the righteousness of Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus." It would have been a difficult concept to even understand, because Israel were a nation. They had, by all uh, definitions, very similar uh, phenotypical characteristics. They probably all look alike and stuff like that. But um, in Ephesians three, four, six. Um, um, Paul was writing here, he says, um, in his letter, he said, in reading this, you'll be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has, it has now been, revealed by the Spirit of God, holy apostles and prophets. And he said, the mystery is that through the gospel, that's through the gospel of Jesus Christ, people like myself, or Gentiles, if you want to call it, are here are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body. I want to push this and say further that in the context of the new covenant, the Israel that exists is the church. The Israel that we saw in the Old Testament is a representation of the mercy of God. You know, we talked about this, you know, God of, you know, in our previous series is the demonstration of the mercy of God on a people. If you think about it, we are believers as a demonstration of the mercy of God on people that have accepted Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior. I think that captures the definition of the church. And then, when you think about the biblical emphasis of the church, you can talk about the universal church, 
which is why my definition started by saying anyone who has accepted Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior. The universal church consists of everyone and everywhere. And then you have the local church. We are a local church. Uh, when Paul wrote uh, a lot of his letters, he would say to the churches in Corinth, to the churches in Galatia, um, talking about the fact that all, you know, all of the different churches... How many people have seen... This was not in my son. How many people have seen that meme that if Paul wrote a letter to Lagos... You've seen that? God will help Nigerians in Jesus' name. They said um, if Paul wrote a letter to, to Lagos, he would say... Uh, to the churches in Lagos, where do I start? <laughs> you know, I don't even know who comes up with this stuff. But anyway, um, we see there that the local church is emphasized and described um, in, the, in, the, in, in, in the Bible. So like I said earlier and emphasized, the universal church uh, comprised of everyone who belongs to Christ. Now, members of the universal church Again, members of the universal church should seek fellowship and edification in a local church. What that means is that, uh, I heard someone says we don't have undercover Christians. We don't have undercover church members. Praise the Lord. If you are a member of the universal church, you will be a member of a local church. Praise God. So, I want to emphasize on this scripture we're about to read. Please open 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 12 to 27. I will, uh, I may not read every verse. Uh, 12 says, just as a body, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Then even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Then 15 talks about if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. I think we get the gist. 21 says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And on the contrary, uh, excuse me. Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that think are less honorable we treat with special honor. In this, uh, in this part of the scripture, um, Paul was emphasizing the fact that the member of the body of Christ, as members of the body of Christ, will fulfill a function in the church. The church is where believers can fully apply the body principles uh, in what we've just read. Encouraging, teaching, building one another up in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord. So when you think about the church, there are two things that holds true. Like I emphasized earlier, Christ alone is the head of the church. Christ alone is the head of the church. That's Colossians 1.18. And the church of the living God is the pillar and foundation of the truth. The church of the living God is the pillar and foundation of the truth. So, when you want to think about it from a scriptural perspective, the members of the body of Christ in Christ Jesus, obviously, they have, we have salvation. We have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It is impossible for somebody that has the Holy Spirit to not be a member of the body. I'll repeat that. It is impossible for somebody that has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to not be a member of the body. 
because you only have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit by receiving Jesus. These points are very important to emphasize because over time, including myself, guys, over the years growing up in church and doing church, it's possible that as you grow in the knowledge of the word, there's a hint of legalism that comes into play. I, I don't know if I, did you get, did you get what I mean? Like, like, why are they singing like that? You know, like, why is that? You start emphasizing points that you can't even back up scripturally because of your own journey. So that's why it is important that we understand that we have a lot in common than not in common with members of the body of Christ. Members of the body of Christ share common bond with other Christians, regardless of background, race, or ministry. Members of the body of Christ are secure in their salvation. Members of the body of Christ partake of Christ's death and resurrection. Members of the body of Christ share Christ's inheritance. Members of the body of Christ receive the gift of Christ's righteousness. Because of where I'm going, um, I'm taking my time to emphasize on this beginning part. So why is the church important? Or if you want to think about it, what perspective as a member of the church, um, like I've defined as a member of the church, what perspective should I have as a believer about my local church and about the universal church? I think from my definition, it is fair to say that I have emphasized that the church is not like this building, right? We are the church by the grace of God. So what perspective should I have about the local church? The first one I want to emphasize is that you are and I am a part of the body. you are a part of the body. What that means is that the moment, which is not even um, scripturally uh, as possible, but if you think about it from a physical body, the moment you cut that part off, it stops receiving life. Do you get that? No matter what it is, even if it's your hair, the moment you cut it off or your nails, or what, it becomes not part of the body, which means that the body is only defined, a member of the body is only defined by being part of. The, the member of the body only exists by being part of. Outside of it, that body is then no longer the body of Christ. So, when I say that, and you think about that, we think, if there was... If only there was something that God created for believers, you know, so let's say I accepted Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. If only there was something that God, you know, designed for believers that you will not be stranded. You will not be isolated. All of the things that you need for nourishment, I have made it available. If only there was something like that. And there is. And it is the church. It means that as soon as I become the body, I am no longer isolated. So when I think about all of these things, I then think about which areas have others, uh, including myself, which areas have others not won? So remember, I'm emphasizing winnings, winning where others have not. It's important to understand that the church is the plan of God, it is the design of God, and God is very intentional. Okay. And sometimes we overcomplicate and we over, let's say, over, we make complex what God has intended to be simple. I'll give you an example. Everything that requires God reconciling with mankind, God did not complicate it. Okay, think about this. And I, I think I said this in my, my last, uh, one of the sermons, where I said that if you think about what God had to do 
to convey the first books of the Bible to Moses. Moses was not there. So that means that God had to dumb it down, dumb it down, dumb it down, dumb it down, dumb it down. And then dumb it down to a language that Moses was educated in. And in the culture that Moses understood to say, this is what I am communicating to mankind. So we have to also appreciate God in the sense that he is very intentional about the simplicity. I mean, we call it simplicity, but it's not simple. But to us, it seems, it seems very uh, simple. It's so simple that if we are not careful, we can miss it. Again, think about the message of the gospel. I read John 3.16. There's a feeling that believers have that it's not enough. I, I don't know if you've ever gone through that journey. Maybe it's just me. You know, you read John 3.16, and you be like, that can't be it. That, you know, you just say, that can't be, there has to be more. You can't just say, I accept Jesus as my Lord, and, and, then, and then you tell me I'm saved. No, no, because why? We hustle for most things, and, and pastor said, hustling is not. You know, because everything is a struggle. So for somebody to say, you have Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is in you, you, you struggle to say, mm, that can't be it. And we miss a lot of things that God does because we think that it has to be struggle. Okay, another example, the scriptures. You know, a lot of people has dishonored the scriptures because, oh, it's history, oh, it's poem, oh, it's letters. Think about how simple it is that you are reading the word and you are being built up. Everything that you need to know about God is in the, you know, you, okay, think about it. It's hard for you to even accept that statement. Everything that God wants you to know about him is in his word. It is. But you be like, nah, man, I need, we, you know, you see believers going out of the church to look for something deeper. That's an error. It is, you see believers reading stuff outside of the Bible to go deeper. That's an error. Because everything God intends for mankind to know about him is in his word. Let somebody shout hallelujah. So, I want to encourage us, don't miss it. It is not just a group of people. You know, so, you go to church, you see us, or we see you, and you say, look at that guy. And that guy, you're saying, look at that guy, that's a man of God. That's a woman of God. As we are all seated here, Believers, that's what the Bible, you know, people always think you are holding the mind, man. No, no, no. Everyone, as you are sat here, man of God, woman. So if you want to address Rebecca, just say woman. No, okay. <laughs> Praise God. So it's very important that we don't miss it. Again, in marriage, I want to use marriage as an example because obviously the Bible used marriage as an example. Most of the times, we don't hear what our spouse say because we've built up filters. We are used to their style. So you don't hear it. And the Holy Spirit is using this person to talk to you. Because familiarity. Do you get what I mean? It's the same for church. You know, you come to church, you do your service, you do, and then one brother that you always see, maybe, I don't know, I don't know what example of service to use, says, oh, talks to you and encourages you. You don't even hear it. Because, like, he's not holding the mic. I'm just, okay, maybe I'm casting myself here, but, you know, these, are the, these, these examples I've given are journeys that I have gone through where it's so easy to miss the amazing thing that God is doing through his church because of <laughs> this struggle mentality. And God will help us all in Jesus' name. So winning where others have not. I want to give, I want to give uh, a personal example, and I'm getting to the art of what I want to talk about. So, uh, I joined RCCG as a very young, young, uh, young boy, 11, 12, I think, 1996. So, by the reason of, uh, by the grace of God, at least knowing Jesus before that, meant that I was able to do stuff in church, right? I was able to serve, whatever. Young, very young. 
But also by the reason of geography, it meant that I was part of a few churches in, in Nigeria. Then I relocated to the UK, and I was involved in quite a few churches there too, uh, by service and by, you know, you go to uni, you, move, you change church and stuff like that. Um, and that has kind of been uh, my journey. And there are two things that I wanted to share with you that have been um, an experience that it's important to share. So the first one is, uh, my mom was also serving. She was a, she was a minister. And uh, this had nothing to do with me. And it's, it's so important to remember winnings where others have not. So my mom had an experience that wasn't so fun. Let's put it that way in church, but I did not understand the impact it had on me. Because you just look at it like I was young, this was happening, okay, so we had to change church, whatever, you know all of this stuff that we, we happens, but nobody likes to talk about it. Anyway, we, we changed church. So I think from that time, I made a decision that, um, I'll just sit at the back. I don't want to know what's going on. I don't want to know what pastor is doing. Sit at the back. They say the grace. And then yesterday, uh, as I was just meditating on this, uh, the Holy Spirit said, so how is that going? <laughs> so obviously we see that that plan did not quite work out. But that was a journey, you know. This experience I was talking about now is over 20 years ago at least. But it's, it's it stood in me or it stayed on my heart because one, my age, but also when things are happening to somebody that you love, you know, it kind of affects you differently. Now, the second example, because as I go down into the, some of the other things I want to say, was that when, when I was in the UK, we had a very funny experience, and, and I'm hoping you can learn from this. So it was, a, it was a growing church at the time, and we were in a city where... Uh, students came in every year, right, from different parts of the world as international students. So as people that are serving, you accommodate them to come to church. So you, you drive the bus, you go to their campuses, and then you pick them up. Then, this is, this is not, thinking about it now is not fun. So we, had, we got into a situation where churches were competing for people that they want to go and carry. You know, like, you get there like 9 o'clock. You, ah, they've been there for 8.30. Oh, my God, next we're going to... Like, ah. So when I think about it now, so I, I, it was fun, it was funny, but the heart of it was that it impacted our ability to pray for one another. And we are... What are we doing? What, what were we doing? You know, so you find yourself that... Well, we found ourselves, I found myself with a mindset that it did not even occur to me to pray for another church that was not my local church. That, you know, if you think about that and you think about what we do in Lighthouse Church, it's like total opposite. And, you know, I thank God for Pastor DJ and I thank God for the vision for this house. And that's not to say that the leaders of the churches I was, they didn't pray for other churches. But I personally, I'm not even my only, I struggled because I saw these guys hustling again. Hustle, it is also struggle. Like, it's a dangerous thing. I saw these guys just, you know, they say, oh, don't go to that church. Come to our church. Hey, why? Why? Error. Anyway, I said to you that I'm in the others, right? Okay. Now, the reason why I believe that the Lord has emphasized this message uh, on my heart is that, you know, we had winds of change. And, you know, 2022 is a very significant year for Lighthouse Church. I know that. We are five this year by the grace of God. But, and the vision that God has given to us, uh, they are huge, right? And God is demonstrating, um, in, you know, by his power and his mercy that he is with us. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is also wanting us to be proactive about where others have not won that he wants us to win. You know, we know that God is with us. We've, you know, we know that. So we don't need any convincing that God is with us. Uh, the way he inspires us to do the things that he wants us to do and the way he also backs it up. 
convinces us that God is with us. But at the same time, we don't want to be careless by the things that our flesh, ego, pride, ignorance can make us do. And I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So I want to run through a list very quickly of the things that others, I think we've gathered who others here is here now. Others have done that I want to encourage us that we should not do. The first one, and I think I talked about it, is seeing themselves as outside of the church. When I say that, I mean seeing themselves as separate from the church. That is why a believer can go on YouTube and click on one scandal after the other and say, hey, that pastor did this, that pastor did that, that pastor... Why? Please, why? I don't understand. Like, what are you looking for? So, I started by saying, I, I am not saying that these things do, does not exist. But information that does not edify you as the body, if you see it, there's nothing you can do about it. But see, what a pastor, something. Ah, don't wait, please. It does not edify you in any way. Um, I think you know somebody used to do that. Okay. Second one, not praying for the body. I think I've talked about this. In this local church, we take responsibility to pray uh, for other local churches. We take it seriously. We take it seriously uh, because it is something that God has emphasized on the heart of this house. The third one is chasing uniformity instead of unity. See, this is the reality of it. Most of the denominations that we have, there, there's something about human will and conviction that might make somebody who gets an understanding. So this is not they want to mislead or whatever. They have a conviction in, their sel in themselves that what they are teaching is right. Unless I am given the opportunity to sit down and open the scriptures and have a dialogue with you to say, this is why your understanding may not be 100% correct. I continue to pray for you. That's it. That is it. Because anything outside of that, you may be doing more damage than you intend to do. So I make that point to say that the uniformity that we are chasing should not extend beyond is this person saved? As is when you know when Jesus comes for them or when Jesus returns, is this person saved? Everything else is an expression, is an expression of our understanding in that time. Praise the Lord. You know, I've had teachers, you know, or preachers or church leaders. We used to teach this, but we don't teach it anymore. Let's let's have a church and members of the body of Christ that can accept that that is okay. Praise the Lord. Okay, I think you, you get that. So chasing uniformity instead of unity. Let's not be fault finders. If you are looking for faults, you will find. It's human, you will find. It's not hard. You know, come into the church, sit wherever you want. Before you open and close your eyes, you've seen 10 things that it's not, it's not just, it's not jiving with your spirituality. But allow room. Allow room and understand that the same Holy Spirit that took you from where you are to the part where some things are now uncomfortable is working on that individual. Praise the Lord. So, anyway. <laughs> are you clapping for yourself or clapping for others? <laughs> are you in others anyway? Okay, so... Uh, unity in Christ is important, and it is in the scripture. Harmony with one another is important, and, um, you know, I'll stop there. The, set, the, the next point, I don't know how many numbers are here, is lack of honor. What I want to say here is that be sensitive to conversations that trivializes the move of God. Be sensitive to conversations that trivializes the move of God. Is that person using God power or evil power? Is that person using... Is what they are doing, can you back it up with scriptures? If you can, great. If you can't, move on. Move on. Because hmm, 
It is so easy. You know the Pharisees did that. They saw Jesus performing miracles, and they said, oh, that's the spirit of, of Satan. And he said, okay, let's think about this logically. Will Satan drive out Satan? Yeah? So, like Jesus said, think about it logically. I don't think he said that, but he said something along those lines. Be sensitive to conversations that trivialize the move of God of any kind. Focus on your own assignment. Don't be found jesting about things that are happening in the body of Christ. No, some things are funny, yes, but please be discerning. Let's honor the things that are of the Spirit. Honor requires sensitivity, awareness, and discernment. You have to be able to tell what is dishonorable. You have to. You know, you, you know we, we, we even do this, like, and it's so funny. This, this is so funny. Like, I remember growing up, and I'm still young, but I remember growing up, and we'll see some older men uh, preaching, and they'll make a grammatical error or something. <laughs> do you get it? And then I find myself in a funny situation where people refer me to as an older millennial. I did not even know that was a thing. So I was speaking to somebody who I will not name, and I said, oh, my business has a TikTok account. It's like, huh? It's like, Jesus, am I that old? Okay. But, you know, the different generations um, sometimes has an impact. And what, we, what is okay in our secular world does not quite translate well in the church. Honor. And we say it in this church, honor is our code. This part I want to emphasize a bit lack of submission and discipleship pastor said something last week or maybe the week before when he said that this bible roulette you open <laughs> you open something i say uh, the spirit directed me to proverbs something and i just read it he said that there has to be some sort of structure to your bible study there's a small joke i'll share around that somebody was preaching and said this joke and said you know, uh, somebody that was doing what I call Bible roulette opened and said, oh, and Judas went and hung himself. I said, ha! I said, no, no, no. And then decided, no, no, I'll open on that one. And then he opened and said, so go on and do likewise. Ah! <laughs> so, Bible roulette is not uh, a methodology. There is structure to the things of God. There is structure. You know, Yes, serve God, serve God in your own way does not mean serve God anyhow. It does not. There is structure to how we pray. There is structure to how we serve. There is structure. There is structure. God is not disorderly. So there is So you know, you you join a new local church. Uh, you were spitting fire where you are coming from. Guess what? You sit now. You follow the structure of that church. That is it. Nobody is now going to say, oh, you are spitting fire. Oh, come and spit fire. We don't know you. We, so, so, and you should have the grace and the expectation as a believer to recognize that there is structure in the house of God. Obviously, I'm speaking to believers here. Um, you know, there is no, the kind of, if I can say, anyhowness that comes with the secular world does not work. And even in work, we don't do that. You don't just, we don't just do the anyhowness, like you go to work and say, I'll just come the way I am. I say, oh, we've made a decision that the way you are does not work for our organization. So let's, let's have that uh, understanding. You know, the mindset of, oh, I can't take it. Nobody can tell me anything. What? You are in the church. You are a member. So, if nobody can, can Jesus tell you something? Can we use the word of God to tell you something? So, some, there are some things that, we just, that others say that when you test it against the Bible, it doesn't quite work. And we are in an age of unrestricted information. You know, we can go on YouTube. You know, one pastor says, this is how to do it. You go on uh, TikTok and others say, this is how to do it. Now, I'm not saying that either pastors are wrong. But what I'm saying is, as a member of the body, you are in a local church. How does your pastor say you should do it? Right. And I'm going to address 
some of the disadvantage of the point I've just made. But anyway, you get the gist. It's very important that structure and training have a place in the things of God. So, on the point I just made now, I want to talk about carelessness, wisdom, and discernment very quickly. When I said what I said just now, is where I, I kind of said, oh, how your pastor said. At the same time, we cannot be careless and we have to be wise. Why? Because we know and the Bible tells us that there are wolves in sheep's clothing. But guess what? You will only know that if you read the Bible. Because if you don't read the Bible, one, you will know that there are wolves in sheep's clothing, but you won't also be able to discern who is a wolf. Now, as I was thinking about this this morning, this was not part of it. You know, the Holy Spirit was, was emphasizing that particular scripture to me, and I've never thought of it like this. See, the wolves are not sheep. Biologically, a wolf can never be a sheep. So the Holy Spirit was emphasizing on me that there is a distinction between a sheep that is acting like a wolf and a wolf that is a wolf and is wearing sheep. And in my mind, the way I would interpret a wolf is somebody who has heard the gospel, rejected the gospel, and decide to still stay with believers. You know, the Bible talks about that um, the, the sin against the Holy Spirit is unforgivable, something along those lines. The reason, what that scripture is actually saying is that if you, there's no escape or way to be forgiven if you refuse that Jesus died for your sin. It means that you are denouncing the, what the Holy Spirit has done. So the main way to be saved, you have said no to Jesus. And what I'm trying to emphasize here is that we cannot be careless because there are people who associate with the church who they can do church more than you. Sometimes they know the scriptures in a twisted way more than a lot of us. So we also then have the scriptures to discern that which is true and that which is not. And again, that is why, that's one of the reasons to be in a local church. The local church allows everyone, me, you, pastor, everybody to be tested. You know, I can't be, you, you know that the reason why a local church is interesting when you are consistent is that you all know that things are, will not be going 100% perfectly for all of us every single day. So you will see me on my up days. You see me on my down days. You see me when TD sent me an alert. You see me when TD has not sent an alert for a number of weeks. You will see every, and I'm seeing that in you, and I see how you respond to all of those uh, kind of things. And I pray that, you know, that discernment using the scriptures that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Don't be careless. And there has to be a way to balance wisdom and fellowship and doing what is right and you know it's easy for somebody to hear this kind of sermon and you know i'm very conscious of this it's it's really easy for somebody to hear this kind of sermon and interpret it that oh they said that this is what we should be. no 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 you have to hear it with the heart of a believer that as a believer this is what the bible says that we should be doing recognizing that some people may want to abuse it and that is where discernment and wisdom comes in. And I pray that the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Uh, the last part I want to talk about links together. And I want to talk about offense and strife. Now, I started by saying that people had done atrocities in the name of the church. I also talked about the fact that in error, people have done stuff. In in. Um, intentionally people have claimed to be the church and did stuff even if all of those things does not exist that you see me every day or every sunday or whatever we interact and i will not offend you in the whole of 2022 it might be a lie so even if those things don't exist um the reality is that there's a way i might say something there's a way you would say something that would rob me of the wrong way because guess what the holy spirit is still working on me 
The same way the Holy Spirit is still working on you. So, we have to understand that offense exists. But, you know, the Bible talks about that we will not be ignorant of the wiles of the enemy. The enemy that jumps on strife, he jumps on offense. We will not. Because the church is what God has designed for us to be nourished. The church is what God has designed for us to be edified. So if the prophecy for 2022, we've been praying about it, God, God said we should go forward. He said he will help us. He said we should arise uh, that our light has come. Now, all of those things, the reality of that and the interpretation of that as we go through the rest of the year, it's in the local church that that word has come to. So if because of offense or because somebody said it in the way that you didn't like offense can even be they didn't do anything you know offense can be they didn't do anything because you expected them to do something you went through a, a, a turbulent time and nobody sent you a whatsapp message and then you're offended but we will not just just say to yourself i will not be ignorant of the wiles of the enemy and i will not forsake the assembly of believers due to offense, due to disagreement, and if you are single, due to heartbreak. That is also a real thing. Yeah? So somebody, you guys thought you were in love. I'm so sorry, guys. I only put down what the Holy Spirit has me to put down, and I'll say it. You thought you were in love. You're loving each other. And then you say you're not doing it again, or they said they're not doing it again. They can even say the Holy Spirit said they should not do it again, whatever. I have made a decision by the grace of God that I will extend grace no matter what it is. You are my brother, you are my sister, I will extend grace. And you know, pastor said something when we're talking about forgiveness. When he said, attack, attack, attack. When he said that, I only thought about family and friends. Maybe to an extent, individuals. But never been offended by the church. And carrying hot, you know, some of like I gave my own personal example. The reason I gave that example is because I made that conscious decision that I will always sit at the back. I'll tell you my journey. I sat at the back, sat at the back, sat at the back. I changed church because I was going to uni. I sat at the back. And then they said, Well, come and do sound. I was like, Well, sound is at the back. I said, I'll do that. At least I know no, I don't want to, I don't want to go to pastors, I don't want to know what's going on. Then gradually, you know, because the Holy Spirit will continue to work on you, whether I liked it or not, you know, they say, oh, yeah, come and do workers, what, what we call workers meeting, but we call team rally here. Um, you know, come and do that gradually, gradually, gradually like that. What I want you to understand is that there is nothing that you feel emotionally as hot. And that journey that you are going through, that the Holy Spirit is not going through with you. I just want to encourage you, give him that time and, and space and yield to the Holy Spirit to ensure that you become a functional part of the body. That you become a functional part of the body. And the wisdom of God is that the body of Christ exists for the building up of the saints. But also, you know, the body of Christ also exists as a witness. As a witness of the gospel. So what that means is where, where believers are locally assemb assembled, it means that the light of God can shine there. Do you get what I mean? If, if, you know like when RCCG says we'll plant this church, da, 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 I always thought, oh my God, that's a lot. But then when you think about it, it means that there is opportunity and beyond the house CCG here. Everywhere you're driving, you see a church, you say, thank God for that. You see a church, thank God for that. You see a church, thank God for that. Because everyone there has the responsibility to bear the light of God. And I pray that, you know, beyond what we have talked about today, we will get understanding in the name of Jesus. So finally, how do I get the most from the church? I'll go through this very quickly. Be in a local church and be submitted. Understand that no church is perfect. At best, it is filled with saved sinners whose flesh and spirits are continually at war. Yes, 
I said there are denominations, but we pray. We pray. You know, we pray and pray for the church. Don't forget that it is important to pray for the church. The church is a place of service. Serve. This is where you are tested. Everything that is flesh, it is that test that will bring it out. If you are pride, <laughs> oh, sorry, if you are proud, church will let you know you are proud. If, if you say, I'm humble, church will test it. You know, all of the things that you think you are, training and submission will test it. And then you will know yourself where you are in your faith journey. Extend grace, actively reach out to the unchurched. Actively reach out to the unchurched and be generous. As much as the church is a people, guess what? Those people also need seats and buildings to occupy to fellowship. So be generous. What I would say is that all of the things that I've talked about, it, it might come across that I'm emphasizing the limitations of the body. But guess what? We know something. We have the Holy Spirit in us. He is helping us. We know that we are on a journey of perfection. But we also know that we are saved. Etern we have eternal life. Everything that I have talked about, even the challenges, only applies to somebody whose eternity has been decided. What I'm trying to say is that with all of the encouragement that we are talking about, you only partake of this wonderful body. You only partake of all of the benefits and the blessings that come with being a body of Christ if you have the person of the Holy Spirit in you. And the only way to do that is by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe to our podcast channel. If you want to be a blessing to others, share the message. To stay connected, download our app and follow us on Instagram at Lighthouse Church Ottawa. We love you.